Hey everybody, welcome back to Going For Two with Jack Taylor and happy March Madness to all who observe. My name is Jack Taylor. My name's Hunter too. And um, if you're wondering, we do not observe March Madness uh, over here. So this yeah. is a strictly baseball podcast. We sleep in March. Um, and yeah, I don't no basketball to report on. I don't know what last episode was all about, but um, yeah, you ready to start SEC play? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, I think you're you're just saying like you're you're just excited for like week three of SEC play, so you kind of have a feel for how every team's gonna be. Like after I've watched them all. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, not, not all the games are gonna be on ESPN Plus, and you can actually watch every game for the most part. Um, and yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. You'll we'll be able to find out if there's gonna be like a 2022 Tennessee or a 2021 Arkansas. I don't think we really knew who Cops was until SEC play, so. Maybe somebody will kind of emerge like that. And um, yeah, it's just fun to find out who everybody is when they stop playing. Um, just throwing some names out there. Elon and um, Wright State, Southern Illinois and Indiana State as their first four like series. VMI, Mulem, Lipscomb. Um, yeah, um, right. I mean, I'm not trying to call out any <clears throat> particular team, but um, yeah, that was those were Kentucky's first four. Anyway, randomly bringing up Kentucky. Um but yeah, before we get into any of this episode where we're going to review the um, two midweek games from Biloxi the past two days, um, or before we review the uh, preview, the SEC opener um, against Kentucky, we are going to start this off with some AI motivation. So we have gotten it to um, give us give a baseball team some motivation after winning seven straight games and going into SEC play. Just a hypothetical situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So here we go. Hello, Bulldogs. You have been on a roll lately, winning seven in a row and dominating, not dominating your opponents. You have shown great teamwork, resilience, and determination. You have made us all proud of your achievements, but you know what? This is just the beginning. The real challenge starts now as you start SEC play. The SEC is the toughest conference in college baseball with some of the best teams and players in the nation. You'll face fierce competition every weekend, and you'll have to bring your A game every time. But I have no doubt that that you are ready for this challenge. You have the talent, the experience, and the heart to compete with anyone. You have proven yourself time and time again, overcoming adversity and rising to the occasion. You have some of the best players in the country on this team, players like Hunter Hines, who leads the team with a 375 batting average and has driven in 15 runs. Players like Amani Larry, who has seven multi-hit games and scored 14 runs. Players like Colby Holcomb, who entered, the, who earned his first win as a Bulldog with five strikeouts against Louisiana. Players like Nate Dom, who have two saves and a 0.00 ERA and six appearances. You also have some new faces on this team. <laughs> on this, who have made an impact on this team. Players like Casey Hunt, who is a senior right-handed pitcher with a 2.7 ERA and 26 strikeouts in 20 innings. Players like Aaron Nixon, who's a right junior right-handed pitcher who transferred from Texas with a 1.29 ERA and 14 strikeouts in seven innings. Players like David Mershon, who is a freshman infielder who bats switch and has a 3.33 batting average and four RBIs in nine games. Players like Ron Siebert, who's a senior infielder, outfielder, who transferred from Pearl River Community College and has a 308 batting average with two home runs in 13 games. You have some of the best fans in the country behind you. Fans who pack Duty Noble Field every game and cheer you on with passion and loyalty. Fans who travel with you to support you on the road. Fans who believe in you and your potential. 
You're not just playing for yourself. You're playing for each other, for, for your coaches, for your families, for your school, for your state, for your legacy. You're playing for Mississippi State baseball. So go out there and play with pride, play with confidence, play with joy, play hard, play smart, play together, and play like Bulldogs. Remember, no one can stop you if you don't stop yourselves. Hill State. <laughs> Dog, this is the best thing I've ever done. Dog, I just pointing out a few things. Can you imagine a coach giving a hype up speech and then just starting just throwing out stats like they were completely like, wrong? Like, we're one of the best teams in the country. We have players like Hunter Hines who's batting three seventy five with fourteen <laughs> runs driven in. Like, we have newcomers like Casey Hunt, captain, a senior, for, <laughs> captain who's been here for four years, like, <laughs> or like on the captain's committee, whatever. Man. I feel motivated, motivated, motivated. It's getting better and better every single time. If you haven't um, uh, stopped listening by now, thank you. Um, that is a really fun segment that I we have to keep doing. Every, like, um, it's it's in stone. It's part of the show. Um, so yeah, let's let's get going. Let's <laughs> review this midweek and uh, the two games that we played in Biloxi at the Shucker Stadium. Does that stadium have a name, by the way? Uh, probably. Um... Uh, MGM Park. MGM Park, okay. Um, so I guess that's just becoming a yearly thing, and a lot of people are saying how good of a venue it is. I have never been to a game there, but obviously I've been to Biloxi, and um, I mean, it seems like a fun area. You have the Beau Rivage right behind it, so um, I, I feel like there's there's enough stuff drawing people there that like if they wanted to do one of those... Uh, like Invite like six teams? Yeah, like those tournament classic things that are uh early in the year i think that would be really fun like state Ole miss and southern miss have three out-of-state teams come and going for could two be a lot from the beau rivage wait what going for two from the beau rivage yeah, there you go <laughs> i like it um so yeah it, it's becoming a, a cool thing and i i i think it's a better uh it looks like a better venue and like obviously a better broadcast than what they have in uh at Pearl, and they never have to make us sweat it out to know if we're going to be able to watch the games on TV or not. So um, I'm, I'm glad to see that this is becoming a yearly thing, and also glad that Texas Tech isn't the team that we had to play this year. Yeah. Um, so first game was against Nichols, and we're going to kind of touch on the, the pitching from the first from both the games, and then we're going to do the offense kind of as a whole. So I'll hit the Nichols pitching right here. Uh, we started with Lofton in this game. He's He's been the midweek starter every week now. Um he went four uh, with six strikeouts, but also six walks and somehow only one earned run. Um, that's just Lofton doing Lofton things. I call that a a Bradley line. <laughs> that's that's what they call it in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he has that triple offense type pitching. Um, yeah, I, I think we've said it several times, but I mean, he has some of the best stuff on the team. He has a like a tried and true uh, put away pitch in his changeup, and you know he he runs it up there with the fastball too. But walks are just what's keeping him out of the pitching rotation, like out of out of the weekend rotation, and he hasn't given up many <clears> runs <throat> at all. And in the uh, in his midweek starts, he's got a two point eight ERA right now, um, but he just he can't stop walking guys. Yeah. Um, what were you gonna say? He he may just just a thought. He may not be a minor league pitcher. He's been really right. bad in minor league parks. Yeah, I think he might have twelve walks in his two ga- two games in Pearl and in Biloxi. So, but yeah, I mean, just looking at 
year, like I said, 2.8 ERA through um, four starts, um, 22 walks to 30 strikeouts, like, and he's only given up nine hits. So, like, all, like, the vast majority of his base runners, he's just shooting himself in the foot and keeping himself out of the weekend rotation, of which we could have two two freshmen in that rotation, which is crazy. Um, so, I... I I'm still hopeful for Lofton. I hope he gets it figured out, but um, that that seems to be what's what's killing him and just several of our pitchers. You know, anytime we have a bad game, you can kind of look at that walks number and tell that's probably what was the source of the the issue. Um, but in this game, you know, he got out of his jams. Like I said, only gave up one earned run, but we went from Lofton to Sierra, um, and Sierra had a gave up a two run bomb. It was the first home run he's allowed this year. Um, but other than that, I mean. None of the other guys that came after him really allowed hits to be strung together. We went to Brock Tapper for um, uh, uh, an inning or two, and then Casey Hunt closed it out. So, um, yeah, we, the bullpen goes five innings with no walks and three strikeouts. Um, we just kind of pitched to contact, and that's something that, you know, we haven't really seen Mississippi State do the past few years. Um, you know, it's 2021 was like, the best pitching year of in all of college baseball, and so it was strikeout or nothing. Last year, I don't even know what our pitching philosophy was, but in this game, uh, I mean, obviously Lofton can run it up there and get some strikeouts, but you know, five innings of Sierra Tapper and Casey Hunt. I mean, three strikeouts, but no runs. So obviously they're they're getting the outs somehow, and uh, they only averaged 15 pitches per inning for those five innings that the bullpen was in charge of. So yeah. I thought it was really nice in this game to see Casey Hunt go out there and not try to do like the just blow it past him thing. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't know what what about that in his mechanics, like trying to blow it past. How does that equate to throwing balls? I I don't. don't, Maybe like maybe he was worried about contact, so then he like pulled it out of the zone. Yeah, and if you embrace contact. Yeah, oddly enough, if you embrace contact, most of the time you don't give up like home runs or, or solid contact. Um, yeah, it, it was a sight for sore eyes to you see. You merely uh, adopted contact. I was born into it. <laughs> like the past couple times we've seen KC, he's he's had his breaking ball really, really working, which obviously is going to allow his fastball to work too. And he's just throwing strikes, not trying to do too much, which I know that's probably one of the most overused terms in baseball. But you kind of see it with him; like he's just he's just throwing, and and it's it's working out for him. And we're kind of seeing what Lamonis might have seen early on from KC, and um, kind of what his potential can be, what his role moving forward is. I'm not really sure. Um, me and you had talked about him being a starter, but already having somebody up in the bullpen, which. <laughs> Probably isn't the best thing for a head case pitcher, but I mean, I, I'm not really worried about his feelings. If he can pitch, he can pitch, um, and he can probably go six if he's having a good day. But I don't know. It, the past couple times we've seen him, he's gone one or two innings, and um, that might be his role, you know, a seventh, eighth inning guy. The only question with that is, do you want him to come in with a one-run lead? Um, and I'm not really sure. Yeah. I do. In, quite his, yet, so. in his past two appearances... He's gone three innings, three Ks. Um, against Lipscomb in his one inning, he had uh, 10 pitches. And then in Nichols, uh, two innings, he had 28 pitches. So, like, 
he's he's looking pretty good not gonna lie right yeah and i i know it can be a, a really big um it could just be a pressure thing coming in as a starter uh especially early on in the season like everybody has so much but like hype built up for this team and you know, got to be better than last year like i get early on in the year there could be the pressure but i mean i think he's a good pitcher i just hope that we can find a role for him because it seems like we have you know a couple of guys that can close in nixon and um and dom we have a few guys that can bridge to a closer and sierra and maybe colby holcomb um Cade Smith, if he finds himself in the bullpen, just yeah. get those extended outings. But where where do you find a guy who can give you consistent one or two innings, like a Parker Stinnett, Casey Hunt? I mean, both of those guys. Um, we've seen the potential, but we just have to find a place for them. Yeah, and and, so. and that's kind of the weird thing about this this pitching staff is like, like for as much as we talk like bad about Casey and like we don't want to see him, heck, if we find him a spot. And he does yeah. this. I mean, like, I mean, I think I think what we're frustrated about is that you know we keep seeing him in the same roles and we keep getting the same result. Like, as a starter, we've we proved last year to start the year and this year to start the year. It's just not his place. Um, he and he, first out of the bullpen for him was also a little weird. Yeah, I mean, we saw him come in against <clears throat> Ole Miss in Game Three last year and uh, go into extra innings. I think he pitched the ninth, tenth, and eleventh. Or at least came in in the ninth and through the tenth and eleventh was like a shutdown closer kind of, um, so that was that was kind of weird. But I don't I think we have a couple guys to fill that role, but it's just finding where this is. And if it's if he's a sixth inning like kind of this specialty guy, if we if our starter doesn't go as far as we want to, then that's that, that can be good too. But um, it's it's just going to take some trial and error. And I hate that you know it's taken till we're we're at SEC play now. We couldn't get this figured out before. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad to, to like at least have some optimism about him because I was I was really feeling like he he might not ever pitch for state again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was what we had for the uh, for the Nichols game on Tuesday night. So Wednesday night we played Louisiana Lafayette. And what did we have <laughs> pitching wise in that one? Oh yeah, so uh, Holcomb started this one and. Uh... He went four innings, uh, five Ks, one walk, one earned run. And on that one walk, uh, Heifel had a bad little inning right there. And yeah. he, he, he just, like, wasn't framing well, like, was receiving just awfully. And that was, like, Holcomb's only walk. And I think that, yeah, that earned run was that run. So it, uh, it seemed like he was really, really worried about the base runner because Louisiana Lafayette is just, I think they steal more bases than any team in the country or they're up there at the top of the country. Um, he was worried about that, and it kind of looked like he might have been getting crossed up a little bit. So, um, freshman and Holcomb things. is like good, like, right? Like he yeah. has stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, but that was a really good outing from him. And then we went to Tyler Davis. Uh, I, th- I think I wasn't watching the game during the Tyler Davis uh, part of the game, which um, I- I'm fine with not watching the game during Tyler Davis part of the game, but. <laughs> He, he seemed like he did, like, okay. Um, two innings, uh, two hits, two walks, two Ks, uh, 39 pitches in those two. He still terrifies me. Yeah. I don't that, know that, when that's going to stop. <laughs> the one-two punch of, of Tyler Davis and Tyson Harden, they, they always seem to come in a pair. Um, it I just never feel confident about that. I, I watched him in person against Southern Miss and Pearl, and it just... 
they, they don't give me too much confidence. But I guess at the end of the day, I mean, they <laughs> they really didn't do too bad tonight. Yeah, and yeah, going into Harden, uh, he went uh, one and two thirds, uh, gave up four hits, uh, one earned run, didn't walk anyone, struck out two, and was that 35 pitches in that one and two thirds? It's like, that's that's not like too bad. Yeah. And then uh, after him, Dom came in and absolutely slammed the door on them. So, yeah. I like it. Like, I mean, like, this weekend, three pitchers that absolutely terrify me when they take the mound didn't blow up. (laughs) Right. That feels pretty good. You can say what you want about the competition we played but i mean louisiana lafayette i i always associate them with like one of the better mid-major teams um i mean at least like a top 25 mid-major and then Nichols don't know too much about them they, they didn't seem to be too competitive but i mean it's not like they're like swack schools i mean i, I feel like they're pretty talented yeah i mean almost went and lost to jacksonville state like, right i mean anyone can beat anyone and a midweek. Yeah, and it, it is baseball. Um, it's just a midweek, though, right? Yeah, yeah just a midweek. A uh, couple of things I had here. Colby Holcomb, like, I know we just mentioned him kind of. This might just potentially be a warm-up for, a like, a long relief uh, position for him because most weeks we're not going to have two midweeks. This is kind of a rare thing. So I was kind of wondering, kind of curious who we would start in this one. It makes sense that Colby Holcomb would get this nod because – um, he is a guy that, I mean, I, I've liked in the position of going two to three innings, you know, after, after the starter gets out. Um, so he gives you four innings tonight and around the 50 pitch mark is kind of when that, the, the bad inning starts to go. And the bad inning was really just maybe a hit and a walk. Um, uh, so it's not, it was nothing too bad. And like you said, that probably had more to do with, with Heifel than anything. So it was around the mark where, you know, his long relief outing would be over anyway. So he probably went further than uh, Lamonis and Foxall really expected. We kind of got into anyway. like a weird pitching battle. <laughs> so you right. had to stretch him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but altogether, the guys tonight, or, um, on Wednesday night had 12 Ks and three walks between the starter and the bullpen. Um, and it's really, really fun for me when I see the uh, – uh, strikeout to walk ratio like that uh 12 to 3 is is a really good one and although we gave up 10 hits like they don't really string hits together so the runs kept low and we just look like a like a really really good pitching staff and a really good team when the walk number stays low so i think that's the key to the to the season um pitching to contact i know it can be scary again you look at the sec and you see offenses like Ole Miss and lsu and um probably Arkansas, Florida, Tennessee, you, you, pitching to contact seems seems scary, but so does walking. Do it. So <laughs> does walking the bases loaded, you know. And I think that our staff has good enough stuff. Like the strikeouts are going to come if you just fill the zone. Um, and but, we strike out even when we don't fill fill the zone. Like right, I mean you can get guys to chase tons of guys. <laughs> you just can't get guys to chase when you have three ball count against every batter you face. Yeah. Because that's, that's another thing I've noticed. Like, like Drangelo, he, he walks guys, but 
even when he's not walking guys, I mean, he's getting to a lot of three ball counts. So he's he's making it harder for himself than he needs to and loft in the same way. So if we can just throw strikes and, and get ahead in counts, then you can throw these uh, breaking balls and put away pitches that aren't going to be in the zone, but guys chase when they're desperate. Yeah, so even even right now with how much we're how much we've walked people this season, we're number fifteen in the country in K per nine. Right. Like it's crazy. Um so yeah, I I thought that the pitching was 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 really good these um two games in Biloxi. Um like I said, Sierra got into a little bit of trouble Tuesday night, like a little bit more than we've seen, but all in all, it was just two hits, and one of them was a two-run home run. So um, I thought everybody else did really good in positions that they're kind of new for all of them, or for a lot of them. Um, so, yeah, is that all All you got on pitching? Uh, yeah. Um, are, were we going to touch on the defense thing that we did? Mm, go for it. Um, so not exactly remember. Uh, Mershon. Um Right. Yeah, I didn't watch much of the Nichols game, but Mershon had two plays that should have been errors. One of them was counted as an error. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we may just not have a third baseman that that can play defense, but you know everything will be fine. Um, I I will uh, say we were early last week when we were like not not married to Mershon right now. So. Rashawn had two hits against Valparaiso. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Um, he, I mean, I think he and Slade Offord have made really, really good plays at third base, which I, I think it just comes with the territory. Like, um, it, it's it's a tough position to play. You have more time to react when you're at shortstop. So th- third base is, is probably the hardest position to play in baseball. Um, but I, I think you might just have to go with the guy with the highest ceiling, um, and if he gets really, really bad, then you can just plug in the other guy and see if he's any different. But Slade Offord hits the ball really hard. Um, Wednesday night he had a double uh, that was just really, really good contact. Um, so I, I'm fine with Slate there. I know that he is going to hit the ball hard, you know, and that and that might cause other teams to make errors in this weird um, uh paradox you know the guy who makes errors just causes other teams to do it too so um calling mississippi state basketball you just go and make every other team that you play just as bad as you are and then ruin my perception of teams for bracket purposes right every sec team is getting put out in the round of 32 except for like tennessee they're really good hey we we sleep in march we sleep in march so um join our bracket challenge um the link in our bio Right, March Madness, baby. All right, so now what you had, <laughs> that I had on third base situation. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's all I had. Uh, okay, yeah, I, like I just think the answer for now, for right now. Yeah, and it, it could just be a revolving door, and at some point maybe Nate Chester or Connor Hijack go there, but um, it it, it seems like it's going to be either Slater Mershon most times. Yeah. Um, this weekend don't have too many, or excuse me, this these two midweek games don't have too much to point out offensively. Um, we kind of expected to come here and score runs and, and we did. So um, Hunter Hines proved that Biloxi is greater than Pearl. Um, <laughs> this, this week alone, four hits, five RBIs and two home runs. And for no reason at all, I did a, a deep dive on him in his three career games, uh, three career college games. I'm sure he played there in high school, but three college games that he's played at Trustmark Park and at MGM um, 
So Tressmark Park and Pearl, three hits, two RBIs, zero home runs. In Biloxi, he's played four games, eight hits, ten RBIs, three home runs. So two home runs in the game on Tuesday against Nichols. One of them hit the parking garage. Um, that was nuts. No, nah, I want to see people like employ like a silly little shift against uh, Hines. I want I want like three players on the first baseline. Right. I mean, <laughs> I he does not. It. He does not hit the ball. The Your other third way. baseman does not need to be over there. Your left <laughs> does not hit the ball the other way. Over there. Um, Your center fielder barely needs to be over there. <laughs> so Hunter Hines um, follows up his crazy weekend against Lipscomb um, with this performance. Like I said, four hits, five RBIs, two home runs, uh, and he is really, really hot. Best hitter on our team right now, going into SEC play. So that's really, really good timing for him. Um, another thing, we had six stolen bases on Tuesday to bring our season total up to 33, which is about 75% of the way to what we were last year. So we're um, 75% away to Cameron James steals from last year. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So there we go. Uh, Amani had half of those three in one game. Um, my little on-base machine. And then... Um, me and you, or you kind of brought it up. I, I went and just added it all up. Just pointing out the top four guys in this lineup. As we move into SEC play, they are probably as as good as it gets. Um, I mean, I, I obviously don't know how to look up this stat and look up other teams. This other stat. teams, top four guys, without just doing it all individually. And I'm not going to do that. Um, but, I mean, I think about the 2021 team. And what, what, was, our, what was our order then? Rowdy, T.A., Cam, Cam Logan Tanner. Logan Tanner. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just cannot imagine that they had a time where this was the, these were the numbers that they gave us. Right now. Wait, was Luke uh, four then or no? I mean, he might have been five or six. It was. <laughs> Lotan was four. Yeah. At one point. <laughs> And I mean, he, he didn't really have that great of an on-base percentage because he strikes out a lot, struck out a lot. But anyway, um, in the past two games, two games, the top four guys in our lineup—that's uh, Amani Leary, Colton Ledbetter, Bryce Chance—he's up in the three spot now—and then uh, Luke Hancock. They reached base twenty times in two games, twelve walks, eight hits, uh, four stolen bases, and seven RBIs. I mean, the top four in our lineup are. They're getting on base. They are stealing bases, so they're turning these walks into into doubles. Um, Amani Larry's turning walks into triples, and um, I mean they're they're putting the guys in scoring position. I don't think we would be as mad about the runners left on base if they were all left at first base. You know, it's yeah. the fact that they're in scoring position and we're not getting them home that's the problem. And the more that we continue to get them on base and get them in a scoring position, the more that we're going to start, you know, getting those situational hits. So those four guys are vital. And it, a lot of times it starts with Lane too. Um, I mean, he, he's the nine hole hitter. So he, sometimes he's kind of the second leadoff guy and, you know, he's up above 300 now and doing the same thing that Amani Larry is. Um, I probably could rope him into this for some obscure stat, but just for now, I mean, four guys reaching base 20 times in two games that seems, seems good. That's crazy. And then um, Hunter Hines is behind that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, 
you load the bases for him on uh, against the the wrong pitcher, and whew, that ball's going five hundred feet. Um, he hits the ball so incredibly hard. I he doesn't get cheated on anything. No, like just like Lane last year only hit singles. Like I think Hunter could probably go a whole season without hitting a single. Um, and he's I mean, going to get it, thrown out between first and second. <laughs> that that would be his only single. I want I want someone to I want as much confidence as Hunter Hines has in his speed in anything in my life. <laughs> Logan Tanner had that too. Like he would have plays where he had like he would bounce off that weird little wall in left field at the Duty Noble, and he would just be trucking it to second and be out by like six steps. Like Hines like, will like. Just, like, be out in between second and third. <laughs> like, oh, the cameras won't even, like, catch it. I think it was, like, his first career game against Long Beach State. He <laughs> he got the, he got the like, gapper and was thrown out in second by, like... The camera was like, why are you not here right now? Where did you go? I have a um, picture of him, um, his face on, Us- on Usain Bolt on my phone. So, it's a good time. There you go. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think that those guys are going to be it's the most important four in our lineup um, just because of how they can set the table for the guys behind them. I mean, um, I know Colton Ledbetter. I mean, he's a dangerous guy with guys on base, but he's he's becoming a guy that just he walks a lot. I mean, he's very disciplined. Um, and so setting the table for guys like Hunter Hines, Kellum Clark, uh, Ross Heifel has turned out to be a, a home run hitter. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys behind you that can they can clean the plate. I mean, I Jeez, was Slater our eight-hole hitter tonight? I think so. That's silly. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I think that's all we got for the for the midweek. But I thought it was really good stuff. A good a good two and a week um, heading into the weekend against yeah, Kentucky. I feel much better than I did like seven games ago. Right, seven game win streak has really helped out a lot. And uh, speaking of win streaks, the team that we have is on an eleven game win streak. Kentucky dropped uh, game one of the season. They dropped opening day, and then weekend number two against Wright State, they dropped game three. And since then, they have been perfect. 11-game win streak, and they have series wins against Elon, Wright State, Indiana State, and Southern Illinois. Um, Probably their most impressive win of the season was this past midweek game against uh, Indiana, um, who's having just seems like an average start to the season. I think they're 10 and seven, um, but Indiana, a power five team um, that's, that's made runs to Omaha before. Um, Isn't Indiana state like not bad or is that basketball that they're not bad? I mean, Larry Bird went there in basketball, so they can't be bad. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah. That midweek win against uh, Indiana was their most impressive. They got a run roll victory against them on Tuesday. Um, the one thing I, I like, or I, I, I'm kind of worried about this weekend. Uh, this is our first true road game that we've played all year. We haven't played any, uh, we've played on, on some neutral sites. Obviously the one in Biloxi played in Pearl, played in the Frisco classic, but have not traveled and been the road team, um, in a true road game. So that's going to be new. It's also I think they said it's going to be really cold this weekend yeah, in Kentucky. Um, at night, it's going to be like in the twenties for every yeah. game. So that's going to that that's going to be a weird one. Um, I don't know if Drangelo has ever pitched in the cold. Yeah, what is he? 
Where is he from in the United States? Florida. Florida, Florida okay. or Texas. I think he lived in both. Okay. Florida and gotcha. Texas. And then represented Curacao in the Little League World Series. So. And is from the Netherlands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's going to be a little tricky playing in the cold, playing in a road game. I know our first our first weekend series, I think it was cold. but like Not that cold. Not that cold, right. Um, so that, that those things will go against us, I think. I mean, that's just something that we haven't really prepared for. Can Lou wear um, a hoodie while pitching? Ooh. I don't know. Dylan pitches. Johnson can wear a hoodie while playing running back. Fair. Right. Um, we really don't, because we're recording this on Wednesday night instead of Thursday night, um, so we don't exactly know the starting matchups. I'm just going to give kind of the committee that they're going to use, and I'm just going to throw a few names out here. Um, they're, we're going to see some combination of Logan Martin, Tyler Bosma, uh, Zach Lee, and Darren Williams. Um, Logan Martin and Tyler Bosma, very similar. They uh, Bosma is a left-handed pitcher. Martin is right-handed. But uh, stats-wise, I mean, they're both hovering around like a 4-3 ERA. Um, they've been the, the Friday and Saturday guys pretty much the whole year. Um, for through the first month, uh, Zach Lee has been the Sunday guy, and he has a 1.06 ERA. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him move up unless they're trying to, you know, steal the Sunday win with Don't their best pitcher. Don't try to steal it against us. We got the old Chevy. We have the old Chevy. <laughs> that nickname is gonna find its we're, way. We're, to we're gonna make state it stick. baseball account, right? Um, Darren Williams has been their midweek starter uh, thus far, and he found his way into the rotation last weekend. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, one of Logan Martin and Tyler Bosma be relegated uh, out of the starting rotation and see um, Zach Lee and Darren Williams pair with one of them. Um, Lee and Williams both both have a 1.06 ERA and have only given up two earned runs through their, uh, through their starts. Um, really, really good walk-to-strikeout or yeah, walk to strikeout ratios, um, and that just seems to be like the the theme for Kentucky pitching is they just do not give free bases. Um, I think, yeah, right here it says sixty one free bases given. Uh, our pitchers have, um, including tonight, have uh, given one hundred and twenty six bases, so just doubling what they give. Can you imagine our team if you just cut our walks in half? Which one would you rather have? Cut our walks in half, or we have like two errors on the season? Uh, oh, two <laughs> errors on the season. Um, yeah, Ole Miss might be... Us, but with no errors. Ole Miss might be a six or seven loss team if they just make Didn't as many errors as we did. defense. Right. Um, so, yeah. Like I said, 61 walks hit by pitch given up by their pitchers to R126. Um, and another thing about their pitching staff, most of their main contributors, uh, from the pitching standpoint at least, are right-handed. Uh, so that, that benefits us in our left-handed heavy lineup. Um, guys like uh, Hunter Hines, Kellum Clark, uh, Luke Hancock, they're all going to benefit from that. Colton Ledbetter. Um, we all of our, or a lot of our big-time guys, left-handed, and they're going to benefit from that right-handed pitching. Um what do you have on their position players? Um, yeah, you kind of brought this one up. Uh, every starting position player for them is either a transfer or did not contribute last year. Um, so 
so that's fun. Um, they have. Wait, do they have a guy batting five hundred right now? Yeah, he hadn't played in every game, I don't think. Okay, well they um they have another guy batting four fifty six that has played in every game. Another <laughs> guy batting four ten, three sixty four, three oh eight, three hundred, and they have like four guys that have like plugged in. So yeah, they're it's... as a team as a team they're batting three twenty three. Um, we are batting 304. So they, they've got the edge on us on that for sure. A million guy. Oh, he's their second baseman. I like their second baseman. <laughs> I really like, like Scott. Second. He seems like Scotty, but batting 450. And with a home run. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I just decided to look. Last year, I remember they got a serious win against Tennessee. They were the only team that did last year. Um, so I figured that was when Kentucky was playing their best baseball. So I kind of took a snapshot of that lineup and compared it to one from last weekend. Not a single player was the same. And um, every player that started in that game for them, uh, position player-wise, uh, is no longer on the, in the program. So um, they didn't have a coaching change. I guess that was just a really senior-dominant offense. Um, and they weren't but better man, than they were. <laughs> right. And I just, some of the schools that they transferred from, like Longwood University, Rend Lake College, Incarnate Word, Sewanee, the School of the South, or the University you. of the South. I hate you so much. <laughs> Charleston Southern, Western Kentucky, and Minnesota. So, I mean, just pulling guys out of like lower schools and just plugging them in and turned into a 15 and 2 program going into SEC play. Um, that I mean, I'm I'm kind of intrigued. I haven't. I don't think I've seen a team I, I, without like, I haven't, a veteran coming back like this. It's it's really weird. Um, they also only have nine home runs. Um, for those of you wondering at home, that um, is equivalent to Hunter Hines and Lane Forsyth combined. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe it's been really cold in like every game. Uh, we'll give that to them. We'll say it's been cold. I mean, is it that cold in Lexington? I don't think that that has that much of an effect. Like, I mean, the Tigers always do like a big home run during the snow, like every year. Right. Well, they have Miguel Cabrera, so. Oh yeah, but he's he's good for like three of those videos a year. Yeah. And then um, dips for like a while, and then he's back. Yeah, they're they're nine home runs. They that uh, we have thirty one. Um, we've already pointed out the walks and hit by pitch number. Stolen bases is where. Um, it's it's a misleading number for us. I want you to give me give that number to us. Oh, our stolen base, our stolen bases. Yeah, um, we have given up um, thirty four stolen bases, um, and you see that number reported a lot. And um, there's something about like misconstruing data and not not giving like a proper illustration of it. Um. You think any point in the season they'll point out that 11 of the stolen bases were in one game? Like, just hypothetically speaking. Like, I mean, we gave up, we had, like, Louisiana Lafayette score, or they stole three bases in the game that we had against them on Wednesday. Um, and that seemed like a lot. And, like, that seemed like, oh, they're, they're really moving on the base paths. Ross Heifel had a few guys caught stealing. Um, but 11 in one game, just, I mean, I. I 
I think back to that game. That was just little league stuff. It wasn't. Like, it wasn't they, good. <laughs> they knew that there was no chance Luke Hancock was going to throw them out, and if he tried to throw, they were going to steal home. So, um, yeah, I, Ross Heifel finally got caught stealing uh, today, and actually had two of them. So yeah. that was pretty nice. One one was kind of fraudulent. Uh, doesn't look like they. I mean, how many stolen bases do we have on the air? We have. 33 and we actually lead the sec in that okay they have they're 22 for 33 um and if they're throwing righties do you catch luke and like try to get like dakota or someone hot maybe so like because because if there's a time to sit ross and catch luke seems like now like they, they don't I run mean, well I- you might could try that in the first two games, and if they're just really active on the base paths, then you just... Because my thing is, VMI, if VMI is could steal 11 bases, there was a lot going on in that game, several errors. Pitchers, pitchers being super weird. Pitchers couldn't throw strikes, whatever. But VMI stealing 11 bases, honestly, it just makes me wonder what an SEC team could do. I'd like to see it. <laughs> and, yeah, and if, if Luke can't get it done, just... Put Ross in. I don't know. I, I'd like to. I don't know. Like, because we're not going to go against like three righties again. So right. I'd like yeah. to see it at least once. Um, Let me see a Dakota bomb in the snow. Yeah, but Kentucky has given up um, seven stolen bases, like you said. How many have they caught stealing? Uh, eight. Wait. Yeah, eight. Oh, they've given up eight uh, in twelve attempts. So they've they've caught four stealing. Um, yeah, so I mean, this this may be a good catcher that we just find out we can't run on, and then you know the the top four of the order becomes a little bit less valuable. You know, with Colton and Amani both having double digit stolen bases, that kind of takes away some of their you know, um, what, like a big tool from them. But I, I still like their ability to get on base, and whether it's by hits or by walks. Um, and, and just make something happen. Just setting the table for the guys behind them. Uh, and, I mean, I, I think we're kind of roping Colton Ledbetter into the table-setting group a little too much because, I mean, he probably has the highest ceiling on the team, um, hitter-wise. I mean, he, he was on the SEC Player of the Year watch list. Like, we know what he, what he probably can be, but it's just kind of these past two weekends have kind of shielded us from, from seeing that. So oh, they're, they're catcher. Uh, was was good. He took over the job by the end of the season. Okay. He got SEC All Tournament team. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I mean, he, we may hit. We may be facing another low tan. We don't know. Buster Posey, um, collegiate uh, catcher of the year watch list. Yeah, only the only the best get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. He's a top one hundred and fifty third year player. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> Last thing I wanted to point out in this game before we give our prediction for the series, um, through through uh, through the first seventeen games of the season, Kentucky's committed twelve errors to our twenty-seven. We have during the seven-game win streak, we really have slacked up and just played really, really clean defense. Um, we, we've slacked off on committing errors. Not not we've slacked up on our defense. We have committed fewer errors in this uh, last seven games. Um, I don't really. Th- 
know if you can equate the errors to playing bad teams because, you know, Kentucky's played bad teams, committed 12 errors. We've played bad teams and made 27. So I think the errors are just going to be there no matter what the competition you're playing against is. Um, I did look, and the majority of their errors come from the left side of their infield, just like ours do. Um, they had five from their third baseman position between a few guys, and then obviously between Slade Alford and Mershon, we had uh, eight or nine. So um, that could be a, that could be something to look at. But um, you know, since we still hadn't really figured out our third base position, but the errors, I mean, they've committed. Uh, half as many as we have. So, good math. Right? All right. It's proud of you. There. Yeah. Right. Is this um, where we can talk about what I want our pitchers to do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, Lou Friday, um, and then Sierra. Um, uh, goes goes like after Lou goes like six or seven. You know, something mm-hmm. light. Um, and, and then give it to Dom, because because him. Um, or, or I mean, if Sierra can handle it, he he can he can finish the game. Right. Um, Saturday. I don't think we rush back, um, Cade, for playing in like twenty degrees. So, that that kind of leaves us with, um, with, Itema. Yeah. yeah. I, I was I was about to say, um, Husak, but I was like, wait, that's not a that's not a pitcher. That's the other guy with the weird name. Yeah. yeah. So Idma on Saturday just kind of figured out with the bullpen. Um, I know Parker is available, so I'd like to see him sometime this weekend. Maybe right. getting an inning or two would be pretty awesome. Um, don't know when the rest of our pitchers are going to come back. There's really been no real word on that. The only one that we know is back is Parker. And mm. then... Sunday, it's it's kind of a tradition at this point. Uh, you put in the old Chevy, and and he'll give you he'll give you like five, give up around four and a half runs. Um, uh, new new goal, by the way, getting the Mississippi State baseball account to start referring to him as the old Chevy. What if he's a Ford guy? Okay, first of all, find that out, and then I, there, while we were talking about getting the like earlier. Um, I looked him up and I could not find any pictures of him with a truck. So he see he really does seem like the kind of guy that would be proud of his truck. He would post a picture of his truck. Right? Yeah. I can't I mean, he has a good tee. So um He's built like Chevy drivers. Right. Um Alright, I I like that pitching rotation a lot. I mean I, I, Friday and Sunday are easy. Um Saturday, I, I don't know that we have much choice just because of Cade being injured. Um, I told you earlier, I wouldn't be completely surprised to see Casey Hunt out, uh, out there to start on Saturday, but I think you just have to have a really short leash. Um, if, if you get him in there and he's throwing strikes and he's, he's um, pitching to contact, I like it, but I just... I, I saw what I saw against BMI, and I, I can't trust him in another starter role. It wouldn't be my choice, but like I said, I I know Lamonis likes him and seems to like him in a starter role, so I wouldn't be completely shocked. Um, but I, I think it'll be Lou, Aintema, uh, and then uh, Gartman. Series prediction. I'll go first on this one. Um, I think that we're going to win Friday and Sunday and drop the Saturday game. 
Um, just a little update on my uh, Landon Gartman uh, Instagram look at. Uh, in one of his pictures, I see lights that look like uh, the lights in my truck. So I'm assuming that's a GMC or a Chevy, which makes me feel happy about this investigative reporting. But I also found a picture of him with an old mesh shirt on. Um, Hot seat landing Gartman. Yeah. Um, so, so my prediction... I gave my joke one earlier. Um, without seeing their rotation, I, f- I can't like predict us to lose like Friday or something. And I'm just going to go with the same as you. We drop Saturday. Okay. Then we just have a big time rubber match on uh, Sunday. I like it. Um, so both of us have us taken two out of three. Uh, that'd be huge. You know, coming off of a season where we finished last in the SEC last year. I know we did have a few series wins over uh, Alabama, Auburn, and Ole Miss. But, you know, starting the season off uh, with this one, I think would be really big. And I, I'm, I'm really glad we got this draw. Um, going to Nashville, playing Vanderbilt, or getting LSU or something. I mean, that would be... That would be a tough first weekend. Um, I'm not saying Kentucky's not talented. Obviously, they're one of the hotter teams in the country, or the, at least the SEC. But, I mean, I, I think you'd gladly take Kentucky over just about any other team in the SEC for to have your first weekend. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't I, I, in Lexington and so cold. That's the only thing that gets that is That is kind of weird, just because it could kind of extinguish the bats and be weird for arms. But, you know what, I'm, I'm excited to get SEC play started, um, find out what our team's all about, find out what all these other 13 SEC teams are all about, and then just college baseball is just so fun. And uh, But it's March, and it's, it's going to be crazy. So let's move on to some Instagram questions. I don't think we have too many. Um, just looking now, we have two. Um, so that kind of stinks. Hot seat going for two listeners for – only giving us two questions through the last three episodes. But, um, <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, I forgot. We need to do our, we need to go through the, the other series we have going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Country. Yeah. Forgot about that. You want to do that? First? We just have a few uh, or... ranked matchups, yeah. and then I'm, what? Never mind. Uh, you, you, you went ahead and did it. Okay. Um, we have, uh, we're going to start doing all the ranked matchups that we have throughout the country. Obviously, we're going to talk about our series no matter what, but then all the ranked matchups, and then, we just want to pick one mid-major series uh, every week to just kind of to look at. It's not always going to be a Southern Miss game. Um, well, I guess I can't promise that, but we'll try not to always make it a Southern Miss game. Yeah, sometimes but, we'll throw in, like, Mercer. Right, or Campbell. Oh, I love the Camels. Or Central Michigan, just all of our favorite teams. Um, Honorary dogs, all of them. Yeah. Um, so we have three series that are going to start off on Thursday. So starting tomorrow, we have SEC play, um, which is crazy to me. But um, yeah, we have number three Ole Miss at number six Vanderbilt. Uh, we have number twenty-four Alabama at number five Florida, and we have number fourteen Virginia at number twenty-three NC State. So two SEC series and an ACC in there. And then starting on Friday, we have uh, number 12, Oklahoma State, at number 22, Texas Tech, number 1, LSU, at number 15, Texas a I cannot A&M. wait to watch that. That one's going to be crazy. Yeah, like... I just want to see an SEC team face Paul Skeens, because I don't think we've seen a talented team do it. I want to see um, an SEC team face LSU's Saturday and Sunday pitching. Right. 
that that that's really the question. Um, and then our mid-major series of the week is number twenty-five Southern Miss at Texas State. Um, Texas State was a regional team last year. Obviously, Southern Miss was a super regional team. Texas State probably to the casual college baseball fan doesn't really um, elicit much excitement, but um, they just. I think they're five and zero against Power Five teams this year. I mean, they're just scratching and clawing to to be respected in this game, and they just look like they have so much fun. Yeah. Um. So excited that Southern Miss uh, gets to have their first Sun Belt series, um, Sun Belt weekend series, and uh, so they'll finally get Sun Belt play started. Their first year in Sun Belt play. So that's that's really awesome. I'm, I just looked at the slate, and I'm very sad that Notre Dame isn't good because they're playing uh, Wake Forest this week. Yeah, oh, I, did, I did notice that. I wanted, I wanted so bad to put oh, it up there. That would be so good if Notre Dame wasn't bad. Yeah, losing a series to Lipscomb, uh, not, not, not a me. great sign. Losing a game? Ugh. Losing a game to Lipscomb? No way. Like, all right, so that's our series that we're uh, we're definitely going to be tuned into all of them. But those are the ones that that they really mean something. So, um, two Instagram questions that we have: one from Duncan Helms, and it is, "Do you think Tolu comes back?" Um, I'm not exactly sure what his other choices are. Yeah, it's. I mean, he doesn't he have is a like a shot. He's a college he's like a big four, man. Fourth year player, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean. I don't think there's any interest in him in the NBA. There's none. Like, really none at all. Um, I was tr- I was trying to make it like some uh, comparison to him, like Eric Holman, but Eric Holman had a three-point shot. Like He was a big man that could shoot. Tolu Smith cannot shoot anything outside of like... And it's not like he's like an insane like rim defender. Like Right. I mean, he just has these crazy games where he just gets going, but... You play a game with the wrong referee there, and he's really not a factor. Um, it's it's really just play overseas or come back to play another year. Hopefully, we can um, give him a nice nil package and just like just like, I I don't I don't know what what he would do because like right if if he doesn't want to come back to school, I completely understand he can go make a little bit of money playing basketball somewhere. That I mean, go for it, but. Um, Obviously, I'd love to have him. I know we just kind of dogged out his his play style, but I mean, it's good it, for college. It, it, it works in college, yeah. Um, I I hope he stays. I hope he and DJ Jeffries are back, and um, obviously Shaq Moore too, and just get some shooters. And this team could be really really good for for a while. Yeah. But uh, yeah, obviously we do know basketball lost the other day, but or yesterday. Um, so. That was an unfortunate end of the season, but it was fun, and I'm excited for the Chris Jans era. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question here comes from Brooks Taylor, and he's talking about baseball when he says, back on track, question uh, mark. We don't have a, a train track like A&M does. <laughs> I hate you. Um, I, I dare say that we're back on track. If we can limit the walks, um, the pitching staff can – can be really good and as the pitching goes the defense goes and as the defense goes the hitting goes and in a perfect team it, it all just flows together and it's just perfect all the time but um i think if we can if we can have three or four walks a game 
I think that's a that's a good number that we can work around. Um, and yeah, I like it a lot. I think I think we are back on track and at a perfect time as we head into SEC play. Yeah. So I think that's going to do it for our uh, episode of Going for Two with Jack Taylor. We are super excited, as I've said it 30 times throughout this episode, that we'll be starting SEC play this weekend. And we actually started uh, before you even listen to this episode. I mean, some games will have already already happened. So um, super excited about that. And we cannot wait to watch the Bulldogs play in Lexington. Until next time, I'm Jack Taylor, and this is Going for Two with Jack Taylor. And I'm Hunter too. There you go. Let's go. It's kind of a fire beat, not gonna lie. It's so good. You wanna play the show? Yeah, I'll play the show. Let's just keep this all in the podcast. Let's just play an MLB the show. <laughs> just me chewing. Just me just me tossing a baseball. ASMR. Should this be our first ASMR segment on going for two? The after show is still going on, by the way. You sound so distorted. Hi, right, Jack. What pitch is this? That was a spitball. <laughs> yeah, the after show was washed. See you next time.